When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Blakey's Bootroom, the number one Cardiff City podcast. Brought to you by Wales Online. Hello, welcome to Blakey's Bootroom, the Cardiff City podcast by Wales Online in association with Giovanni's Restaurants. I'm Ben James, and as ever, I'm joined by Nathan Blake and Paula Bandonato. How are you doing, gentlemen? Doing better. Same. Yeah, doing better. Let's let's get into the root of those problems here on the the podcast. Uh, I'm assuming we mean the weekend uh, and that defeat to Fulham. Absolutely, I mean the weekend and the defeat to Fulham. I'm not saying it's uh, it's something that can't happen. I just think it's you know, mate. I've I've fought relegation when I first came into the Cardiff side. I signed for Sheffield United relegation battle. Sign for Bolton the same and sign for Blackburn, which we're never gonna get out of it at Blackburn because the dressing room was so rank. Uh, so I know all about relegation and fighting against it. Uh, and yeah, I, I didn't get out of it enough times. But I've got experience of it and I can honestly say each game we went into, yeah, we we had a we gave it a good go. But Cardiff on the weekend I felt one, I, I was I was surprised at selection. Two, I was surprised at selection of the bench. Three, no disrespect to Reese, but where does that come from? Yeah. Why? That's receiving you, mate. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you can't cut off your nose to spite your face at this stage of the season. You know, Cardiff took a teddy bear to a gunfight, basically. That's how it looked. And if the manager, I, I read Neil's comments, Saying that um, Rita trained well, so what? Yeah. He's not an impact. He's not as much of an impact as the likes of Reed, who should have been on earlier for me or even yeah. starting. He's nowhere near the sort of impact as Murphy. And it's okay having your falling out with the player, but with two games to go, you bury that yeah. for the sake of the better of the club right because that could cost you 160 million quid right so there's you know and if Neil listens to this I'm not really bothered and if he comes attacking then I will bite back because I've kind of had enough of him being able to just say what he wants on everything positive when it's going well but if criticism comes his way he's trying to lock everybody down well I don't get locked down for one, I speak my mind. If you don't like it, like my mum used to say, take a run and jump, right? Because for me, on the weekend, there was decisions made which weren't for the betterment of the team or the club. It's probably three and a half thousand fans, maybe three, three and a half thousand fans travelled up there on Saturday waiting for this kind of revolution, this taking the game by the scruff of the neck, however you want to say it. And it was never forthcoming until the last 10 minutes when Fulham said, OK, we'll sit back, come at us. You know, you're going to Fulham who... And, and I'm not... I commentated on the game, Ben, and it's not like I'm looking at them and going, these are a team in, you know, full of confidence, flowing. If they played like this before, they would have stayed up. They wouldn't have stayed up playing like that. And that was probably one of their better games. They were there for the take-in, and I think... 3,000 Cardiff fans stood behind the goal. It was evident. It was so evident to me. And yes, we can talk about picking apart the game, possible Morrison should have had a penalty and things like that. But I think the way the game was approached, and I'm not going to dig any individual out, holistically, management, team, the way the game was approached, it didn't look like 
it looked like the fight had gone, if you understand what I mean. It looked like they'd already been relegated and were just playing out. Then when last 10 minutes, three or four chances, and I'm like, well, that's what we was crying out for. You know, you're losing the game. There's 10 minutes to go. Fulham have had 65, 70% of the possession. Fulham? In a game where, at a time where, you know, they're not playing with confidence. Their back line, I, I think I could have got something out of their back line now. And I can't run for longer than 10 minutes on a treadmill, mate. <laughs> right? But put me in the middle of that 18-yard yeah. box, on the edge of the box. I bully those two now. Right? Reem and the other lad. So I was just... I was flabbergasted. I was, I was shocked that... I was just waiting for this explosion. And it just... It was just a just wet for me and it was built up to be something 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 and mate if you go out fall on your sword like that's yeah. that's my thing if you're gonna die die hard if you're gonna go out simple as that and i think that was the disappointing thing for me and that's what i'm saying it's not i'm not pointing the finger at a manager a coach a player i just think holistically Whatever's going on, I don't understand the decisions that were made from the manager on the team, the structure, the players. Uh, it was just, if I'm Bobby Reed, I'm thinking to myself, I must have run over about 2,000 black cats, select with about 10 men's daughters or something like that. I, I, I don't know. He just yeah. seemed to be crying out for him, especially the two centre backs, struggling for confidence, you could see weren't the quickest someone like Reed would have I honestly believe I'm not saying it because it's past looking at the game analysing the game it was like those boys can be pulled apart and they have been pulled apart we all knew, season we knew, we knew that because he did it at the Cardiff City Stadium earlier in the yeah, season okay yeah so well, we, knew, we knew Reed to end do. of point great point Ben end of so that's that's me and I just think it's, it was a it was a letdown let's say that and you, you can go out but like I said if you're gonna die, die hard. Like. Yeah. Paul? Wow, I don't ever know Blakey is angry as this. I want, I'm not angry, Paul. I'm it, disappointed. It comes across, I'm, de- it comes I'm deeply disappointed. Frustration and, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Because you know, you never when the doors open. I was, I was always taught walk through it. Like yeah. you know, when someone leaves it ajar, open it and get through it. And Fulham left the door wide open. Listen, yeah. worldy goal, worldy goal. But for me. That wouldn't have been much significance if Cardiff would have played yeah. how I know they can play then. So I think I think that um, I I think that Neil Warnock misread the dynamic of the day. I really do. I think he would admit that himself now. Mm. I think that this was all about going there, going for the jugular from the off against a team who were there to be taken apart and I really think Cardiff could have had the most comfortable win of the season Blake I I really do Cardiff were up for it they weren't that sort of thing but um, I just it was also about putting pressure on Brighton who had the evening kickoff drawing level on points that sort of thing really piling the pressure on them and Cardiff just went into the game like they've been into every game pretty much every game away from this season which is Pack the defence, try and keep it nil-nil. I think the lack of pace from one or two at the back leads to those tactics as well, Blakey. Mm. Um, keep it deep and then try and win in the last 20 minutes, final quarter, whatever, whatever. But two things. One is that game plan goes out of the window when you go a goal behind. And two, Fulham are not some of those other teams Cardiff have played this season. Fulham were there to be taken from the start. And you could see in those last 10 minutes how Fulham were panicking. How fragile they were. Put under pressure. How fragile they were. But but don't let those past 10 minutes delude you into Cardiff are going down fighting, right? Mm. That should have happened. I'm not saying Cardiff should have thrown Morrison forward and all that. Of course not, Mm. right? But Cardiff should have actually gone for it from the start. And I really think I really think this this is three points lost um, at such a pivotal stage of the season. On on the substitutions, I, Danny Ward did well when he came on, right? But with respect, 
You cannot expect Danny Ward and Reese Healy to come on and turn a must-win Premier League football match your way. You can't. You've got to have other options. Reece, than Reece that, was out right? with depth. Um, in and, fairness, when he came and, on, and it's not their fault. I'm not. No, you can't. Them. I'm not. At least Ward managed to have a few pops at goal. Yeah, to be yeah. Fair, though, He'd done okay when he came um, on. But Cardiff have got other options that they should be going for first and foremost. Um, and. Yeah, I, I just think that the manager misread the dynamic of the day. I well, really I, I do. Heard and I include Brighton into that as well. Yeah, because I, it's I, all about the pressure. Absolutely. That you I, I, heard him, I, was, I heard him say after the game that um, Murphy hadn't trained well. And I'm like, I, I, kinda, I, I understand I've been there. Right? I've been there in those situations when players aren't training well. He... If a key, if a if a if a player is struggling with a bit of confidence, you've got two options: you play him and let him play through that bad period, so he gains confidence again, or you speak to him, pull him out, and just say, "Right, go and have a break, and then come back and refresh." But Murphy's not played that many games to be in that situation where it's a tiredness sort of thing, and when he's played, I've said myself, he needs more aggression in his game, but you can't deny. That that pace is something to be reckoned with. There's there's not a lot that that looking at that back line, I was like even like young Kadeem, I'm thinking like just just put pace on. But what was evident to me, and this is where the fall down comes for Cardiff and the managerial structure, you can't revert to a plan B. As soon as you've gone one nil down. You should have gone, whoop, change, bang, right, right, I tell you what, we'll go three at the back, push another man into midfield, you two, press on their midfield, you Gunnison, you sit, pick up, what's his name, the number 10? Kearney. Kearney, if he's, if, he, if he's coming deep, pick him up, you two, push into their midfield, right, wing backs, right, you just fly forward, and you three up top, right, go on, just go and, go and, go and kill again, go and press him. Go and put them under pressure for 40 minutes, 30 minutes, 20 minutes. But to do it for five minutes plus injury time, seven, eight, ten minutes at the end, it was like, nah, 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 nah. And that for me is, that that is the tactical issue of the whole game. And I mean, with, I'm talking like, it's done. Miracles can happen and I believe in minor miracles, but it's going to take a minor miracle for Cardiff to, to get out of the situation now. To go to, to to beat Palace at home and then to go to Old Trafford and win, you know, you know, even if Old Trafford isn't what it was a decade ago, to go there and win, you know, Man United are not in Huddersfield's situation. Man United are just having a struggle at the moment because they're outside of the top four, right? Yeah. Still, when the other day when you seen them, you still seen Lukaku at it, Rashford at it, Martial, you know what I mean, Lingard. Um, just, just players for fun that can matter that can turn a game. Yeah. So yeah. to to think I can we we still got that game in the bank. Okay, no problem. That's kind of your fallback situation, but the opportunity was Fulham Palace. Yeah. I almost I, I I you might say if it was Fulham away and Huddersfield at home, that would be the perfect scenario. But Fulham away and Palace at home is not far from the perfect scenario which if I gave you at the start of the season and said right win those two games and you stay up see this is where I come back to I think that, that the manager misread the dynamic of the day because I know there's a saying in football we take one game at a time and of course you do totally mm. get that but this wasn't just about one game right this was about drawing level with Brighton to mm. put pressure on them so as, and even if they then beat Newcastle you're still very much in the hunt for Palace and, 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 and um, Man U after that. But the key was beating Fulham, which was a very winnable game. I, I actually expected Brighton to draw, which they have done. I thought it would be nil and that it was 1-1, yep. right? That would have put Cardiff a point behind, yeah? Mm. And then 
what happens then, I always said next week, the weekend that's coming was the pivotal one when the positions get juxtaposed. That mm. Cardiff can beat Palace with a capacity crowd, the momentum of win at Fulham behind yeah, them, yeah, yeah, the yeah. crowd yeah. really getting on the back of the Palace players who've got nothing to play for. That's got a 1 0, that had a 1 0 Cardiff written all over it for me. Yeah. Fulham, sorry, Fulham, uh, Brighton would lose at Arsenal. And it's at that point Cardiff then have the ascendancy. I always said that the coming weekend was the key one, where they suddenly have a two, what I would see as a two-point ascendancy, and Brighton at home to Man City, Cardiff are away to Man United. Cardiff then have to match Brighton's result on yeah. that final day. To me, that was how it was going to happen. And I'm actually a little bit shocked that it hasn't, Blakey. Mm. I know you're asking a lot to expect Cardiff to win back to that Premier League games Fulham and Palace but I actually thought it was very manageable mm. and I can't, that's why I think that you can't just take these games in isolation it, it is actually well, what you're talking it was about, a sequence what you're talking about manageable. is the momentum swing isn't it? yes yeah. totally 100% that's exactly what you're talking not, about not that game the, was that Fulham game and Brighton playing in the evening if Cardiff win or even worst case get a point yep right the momentum is in Cardiff's favour, yeah, yeah. and then uh, then Brighton know they have to try and get a point. If Brighton Brighton went into that game knowing, wow, they can only get three points now at home and going to Old Trafford, nah, I doubt it. Whereas Brighton, you want them going to that game thinking, if they win Saturday, they overtake us, or they're a point behind us. If they win Saturday we're struggling because our last two games we can't see a win coming yeah. right so it's all about momentum and that mental pressure that you apply from afar you're not playing them but what you can do is make sure that your opposition which is Brighton feel as much pressure going into those last three games as possible I just think you kind of let them off the hook. And this, this is what Blakey, Blakey yeah. describes these things greatly when it comes to the opposition dressing room. Mm. Yeah, I'm talking about Cardiff momentum and the Palace game and all the feel-good factor for Cardiff. Yeah, but as Blakey points out, it's all that pressure it then heaps on Brighton mm. and how they could crack yeah. under that, and that all becomes part of the. You get a two-point lead going into the final game, and then you know you can't see Brighton beating Man City. Mm. You know, a, a you know a point will guarantee at Old Trafford, which is feasible, unlikely but feasible under those circumstances, mm. uh, will keep you up. But even allowing for that, two defeats would mean that Cardiff stay up anyway. Mm -hmm. yeah. And and I come back to it. I I find it. You know, I I've actually got over it. Blakey's actually letting off steam here about mm. it all. But I don't, I. I guess my steam was let off on Saturday night. I found it incredibly demoralising. It was a wonderful, it was a wonderful trip to um, to London. Beautiful little ground yeah, by the river. Yeah, the boys in the services. Scenic. It was had some pictures. Genuinely, with them. It was, it was, I was on the. Blakey, I was on it. Yeah. It was lovely. You yeah. walk through a park, Bishopston Park, and mm -hmm. it was called to the ground mm. along the side of the river. river yeah, it was lovely. all beautiful. Mm. Standing there, you see the river behind. You know, just a nice wind now. Yeah, puts the puts the yeah. icing on a wonderful day, mm. and mm. Uh, and um, well, it, it wasn't forthcoming, was it? Yeah. Uh, Do you know? I could have accepted a four-two defeat if they'd gone for the I, I, it, break. It, it. Listen, I could have done. It's it, the frustration. Like of I how said, it went. if you're going to die, die hard, Paul. Yeah, well, you, right? But if you look, you look at any team in this situation of the season. It's it's the ones who take risks. Last year, Swansea. And Huddersfield, the two teams sort of in contention. As I think Swansea had Southampton on a Tuesday, mm. played it timid, lost two one. Next night, Huddersfield go to Stamford Bridge, have a go, mm. win some fifty fifties, get a one one draw, they stay up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a good analogy. And that it's one. a great it's analogy. Good. Yeah, you talk about pressure on Brighton. Brighton went into that game against Newcastle with literally no pressure. On literally, no Cardiff, pressure. Cardiff had the worst possible result. Absolutely, and yet Chris Hewton still still got it wrong played it passive and it took them conceding to actually show a bit of fight themselves. yeah 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 to let let the rain off a bit it just sort of shows you what a missed opportunity it was for Cardiff I mean like when I, I'm watching the game I just had Eddie May ringing in my ear and he used to say all the time and he used to dig me out and say San you've got to make it happen you're waiting for it but you've got to make it 
And I used to think, why is he on my case all the time? Wasn't it? And it's because he knew I could. You can make things happen. Reed can make things happen. Yeah. Right? Murphy can make things happen. Hoylet can make things happen. Harris can make things happen. Zahor can make things happen. Right? You've got a lot of players who, what I'm talking about is, on their moment, like back a few months ago when Kadeem was coming on sub, he was brilliant. Right? And I'm like, this, 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 and this is, listen, please, don't anyone think this is me having a go at Reese Healy or anything like that, right? Because it's not. It's not fair on him. It's like not fair it. on him, but it, that game was crying out for a switcher tactic, a more attacking, a higher press, and pace. And yeah. you had pace on the bench you didn't bring on, and you had pace sat at home or sat in the stand, and you brought on players that lack pace and in fairness yeah Wardy done well when he come on a few good pop shots and what have you but I just felt like when Bobby came on I kind of looking at this body language and thinking yeah I would kind of be peeved as well that I've been brought here for 10 million quid and I've never really been given a good run at this and when I've played well I've then found myself either out of the team or not even on the bench Within a week or two later, and the other thing is that, uh, and I and I say nothing in the benefit of hindsight because I actually tweeted this the morning before the game, which was something along the lines of, "Listen, whether Bobby Reid can do it against Man United, Liverpool, even Watford, Wolves, Everton, the jury's out on that, yeah. right? And in fact, the answer might be no for, for the better teams, right? But Fulham is exactly the kind of opposition Bobby yeah. Reid would do well against mm. and has yeah. done, yeah." You know, a championship type, same. top end of the championship type standard, same right? Same with Kadeem Harris. Right? Yeah, yeah. He, he got the fourth against Fulham. They, mm. they, they both scored earlier in the season. Yeah. Fulham, so I, I, I was hoping that, that Reed would start the game, but I didn't for one second think that would be the case. But to then see him overlooked until the 87th minute was eye-opening for me. Yeah, I think when he jogged on, yeah. I don't know, but his face told me a thousand stories. It was almost like I can't believe him. I'm coming on one and I can't believe I'm coming on now when there's literally six minutes left of the game. And he and he, he got in. He got in. I think a warmer Bobby Reed when he got in takes out with his left foot. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and instead of trying to make sure, you can see he was trying to make sure and then Hoylet obviously it's the bat with the with a chance trying to be too precise. But you know, so but like Paul said, I'm not gonna look at that last ten minutes and go Oh, you know, we were unlucky, could have had a penalty earlier on, blah, blah, blah. I just thought the overall 90 minutes, to, you know, to, to go and give Fulham of that quality, yeah. you know, some of the pa- passing the ball straight out of touch and things like that, it, w- it was just like, they're so, <clears throat> their players were so lacking in confidence, it was unreal. It was so blatant to me. I was like, just take it to him. Yeah, well, we we said this last week, didn't we? Said you know, take it to him. If you lose, you lose. Those Cardiff fans will sing you off. They'll clap you off. Right? They've done it all season. They're with you. But what they want is you to go down fighting. That's Cardiff in a nutshell. If you're gonna go, I'm gonna have a go. Go in. I'm not gonna just lie down and die. Basically, if I'm gonna die, I'm. I'm gonna make sure I leave someone you first, and then I'm gonna go. No problem. So really disappointing for me. Really disappointing. Yeah. Absolutely. Anything to add on that point? No. So I suppose thoughts then turn to this weekend. Yep. And probably going win three now. Looking, looking. And rule the last week's result. That's the strange craziness yeah. of football. Your rule, I, you know. You, you were, that's probably what would happen that's what I'm going to go for I'll go and win 3-0 against Palace or 3-1 or something like that and think looking back at last week thinking what have we done yeah to be fair Pal- I know Pal- Palace are a good away team but they're the sort of team that Cardiff could take apart at home you know they sort of the way they the way they set up yeah it's like four central midfielders all like to come quite narrow. yeah they got no they got no it, play, it plays into sort of and like everything's it's, into uh, Zaha yeah right and you've got Peltier who loves to leave some on you so what you do is first 20 minutes Lee just do what you normally do leave some on him slow him down whatever but leave some on him then play the game 
he's their main target person. So you have to make sure you target him and make sure, not target him, uh, hurt him, but target him, you rough him up, yeah. you make it physical, you make sure there's two or three men around him all the time so he, he can't get into his stride, you slow the game down, you speed it up at times, you try, you're at home, you're, yeah. well, I'm talking now, like we won Saturday, but it doesn't really matter. No. It's not over, but... It does, it does need something special, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. What, what's your thoughts, Paul? I know, I know you've got a strike force that you want to I have yeah see, see yeah and, and Blakey will not agree with this but to me now from here on in Cardiff City have to pick their best players right this is not about who's trained best which I know to be fair is a mantra Blakey's batted before mm. although not necessarily now it's not about who's trained best or this now is about a very very short-term goal of trying to win two football matches, which will be enough because I think Brighton will take a maximum of one point, even if even if they get that. Yeah, they've got to now try to win two football matches. They cannot win two football matches by being timid, like was the case at Fulham, and playing the way. Yeah. The, right, something tangible has to change. Right, and I would now I would stick with the back four. I think Peltier has played damn well lately. Right, I've been a back four. I've been, I've, been, I've, been yeah, big, yeah. I've been a big critic of Peltier. Right, I hold my hands up. The last two months I think he, uh, yeah he can still offer more than four. I think he's been outstanding defensively yeah mm-hmm. so I would actually be comfortable with Peltier Mark and Zahar believe it or not which I wouldn't have been two months ago right mm-hmm. I would continue to stick with Gunnarsson Arta and Camarasa in the midfield to try to get some sort of control Camarasa was disappointed he was it? right but I would then play two up top Blakey right I would have Mendes as the wide player I play proper 4-3-3 and I would have Zahor and Reed up top mm-hmm. right and I say that because it's not for me now about who runs the most or who does this or who does that. No. It's about it's about your best players, right? And and to me, we have seen glimpses, albeit sporadically, from Zahor, and we've seen glimpses a little bit more from Reed, right? They are clearly Cardiff's most talented strikers, and for me now, they have to play, and they pretty much have to play the ninety minutes in both games, Nathan, mm. right? You know, um, if Neil listens to this podcast, they oh, definitely it's not, won't it's play. Not, it's not going to happen, right? It's not definitely happen. won't play. Because the way he does it, he, he'll listen and then have a chip back. I, you know, no, have a chip. No, I he'll have a chip at you. Say, you know, I, well, you know, we won and you know, I, I we should have played. Well, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm not sure that's totally fair, right? He, he, he will do what he thinks is right. Mm. I just think that, and he won't go for that. I think he'll go for Ward up top um, and he'll keep Hoyler and Mendes as wide players, right? I don't think much of him, right? But I just think something tangible now needs to alter and I think those two offer the best threat of potential goal power. And there's not a jot of evidence to back that up because the horse scored one goal this season and Reed scored four, I think, yeah, right? still top scoring. They haven't played together, believe it or not, as a strike force. And if we were to rewind to August... You'd have looked at Zohor Reed as your strike force, wouldn't you? Realistically, you'd have if you were. They would have been rewind. Yeah, if not that, first and second. Yeah, that probably been, would have been yeah, your strike. force. They would have force. played together at some point for a period. Yes, I think. I think I'm comfortable with any of the white players. I just think Mendes is looking more menacing than anybody at the moment of the white players. Mm. So I would have him, and I would just go for it. And it, and if. They do concede three or four goals on the break to Crystal Palace. It's win or bust time. You might as well gamble now, right? Yeah. You know, a draw is no good. Mm. It really isn't. They've got literally, it's not. They've mm. got to win two games because of Brighton's superior goal difference. Yeah. And I could understand the slightly more conservative approach at Old Trafford, but I would still play Zahor and Reed up top for that one as well. I feel quite strongly about this, to be honest. You can tell that. But yeah. I just think that they, and I know that, you know, a lot of Cardiff fans agree with me. A lot of Cardiff fans disagree with me. You know, I, I have Twitter conversations with some of them. Mm. Um, some, you know, question, what, what on earth have you seen in Zahori? He's offered nothing. But he has. In half an hour against Man United, he showed, as a substitute, he showed what he can do. Against Burnley and setting up that opportunity for Hoyler, he showed what he can do. In other cameos, he's just shown little snippets. And I want to see that now, given a chance to flourish for 90 minutes in these next two games. But Reed has got to play as well because, you know, Blakey, those two have got all the ingredients for a very effective partnership, you know. Mm. You know, they're, they're, 
I'm not saying they're little and well, large, I but think, they, they've I got different qualities. And if they? you revert back to pre-season, you're thinking Reed, you're thinking Murphy, you're yeah. thinking Zahor, you're thinking uh, Mendes, you're thinking um, Young Kadeem, I call him Young, but he's not young anymore. You're thinking those types of players with Camarasa behind... You know, you're thinking yeah. that there's some good link-up play yeah. can happen here, yeah. And, yeah. It, and it hasn't really developed throughout the season because no partnership has kind of been allowed to to form. Yeah. Now we know Neil often changes his team last season, but I think this season, yeah, it's 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 well, we're at the point of no return, no return, and That's at the point of where he's he's he, and I know he was desperate to prove people wrong that he could stay in the Premier League. And, you know, walk, walking away from this season saying, well, you had a good go, isn't walking away saying, see, told you so. You know, it's, it's, it's as simple as that, you know. And I just think, whoever now, I just, um, I kind of, I've, I've, I was just shocked at the po- point of thinking, like, I'm just just utterly confused. But given, because given, if I if I'm a, if I'm a manager, I don't allow. And like I wasn't I wasn't the best trainer because I was a bit too aggressive, so I couldn't train as I played because you know you get into scraps with people and you don't want that with your own teammates. So whatever the reason that you know he hasn't trained well or blah 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 blah, you're, like I said, you're at the point now. You don't cut off your nose to spite your face. You just go and pick the best players who you think can get you over the line and get you a result. And I just don't think that that happened on the weekend. I'm hoping it happens on Saturday. And then if they win the game Saturday, there is a glimmer. There is, there is. That's all you can say, there's a glimmer. You know, stranger things have happened. You know, the way De Gea's going at the moment, he might get lucky and one might bounce over him another another nightmare goal and whether Cardiff if Cardiff stayed up it would all still be the talk would still be about De Gea's mistake but I don't care care you wouldn't care less would you but But this is the frustrating thing instead of going to Old Trafford a draw could be enough you have to go to Old Trafford and win win. and and as Blakey said whatever mess they're in at the moment they are still chasing the Champions League spot they have still got oh they'll be all at war they'll go for it and Rashford and Mata well you've seen who was the last game against Um, Chelsea Chelsea 1-1 right and the week before you thought oh they're gone and there was people at at the boys at the BBC Rob Phillips were saying I think we'll go I think we'll go to Trafford and get a and I was like are you mad you know, at any point of the season, I, I remember. I think it was, it, was it Chelsea or Arsenal? And lost for like ages, and they went to Old Trafford and Old Trafford at that yeah. time. Man United, it, they weren't challenging for the league, but they went and killed it. I think Rio Ferdinand scored twice. I think, if my memory serves me correctly, and they just burst the bubble. Man United burst all the talk of. 51 games, 52 games, they just went and burst it, right? And then I think, I'm sure they won a title the season after. So that, listen, that's, that's no, don't get it twisted. No matter how bad you think they are, and like I said, some of the boys, those players at, at that level, playing against how we approach the game, is fairly straightforward. You're not posing yeah. us a problem. We know what the game is, you got no real tactical. You don't play through the lines or anything like that. You play wide to your wide players or up to your front man. Nias is running. Nias didn't, didn't look like he was struggling Saturday. He, he he never got into the swing of the game, whether he was carrying an injury or what. But so isolated up there. He was. He was. He was. He was. He, so I felt deep. sorry for him. Yeah, yeah I felt sorry for so him. Deep. You know, but uh, I don't know. It's one of those things. I would say. It's not. It's not over, but you know. See, it is. It is win or bust time now. Yeah. It's gamble time, yeah. right? I, I do think, as I say, too short. You, you pick your most talented players now because they're the ones who yeah. are most likely to win you the game. And and everyone will have their own views on who those most talented players are. I personally would go with that front three and let try and let them loose. And but. Do you know what? Even if Cardiff beat Palace, there will be that feeling of. Should have been a week earlier. 
why why didn't they go for the Jaguar in the previous game? There, there, there was yeah. that nagging doubt that is still hanging over everybody. The fans were quiet. I think that said it all. They were rowdy at the beginning. Mm. After about 20 minutes, it was like, I could, I could feel it, the sense that we kind of don't look up for this. And then there was that... We missed Joe Rawls, by the way. Then I felt we missed, missed that dog in us. Gunnar, in fairness, sit, sat in front of the back four, done well, but looked a bit tired, looked a bit jaded, you know, and he has to do a lot of work because Kamarasad is, you yeah. know, defensively, yeah. that's not his strength, right? So Gunnarsson ended up doing a, a bit of an extra shift as well. So I just, you know, I, I just, I don't know, I just, uh, at the loss really, I don't, I don't get that sometimes. I don't, I don't see the logic in that result or how we approach that game. I don't see how you're looking to win it. It was almost as if they said, let's get a point. Yeah. I keep going back to Fulham, don't I? And I just yeah. can't help it. It's just like, it's just, yeah, man, it's just twisted me up, man. It's just yeah, proper, proper watching it and commentating on it and have to be so impartial and fair and, and but you're seeing it unfold. It's difficult, man, you know? It's like seeing, watching someone beat up your kid brother and thinking, I'm not going to do nothing about it. Do you know what I mean? You, you, you get in there. But it was, it was hard, mate. It was hard watch that. Hard watch. Yeah. Yeah, good going back to your tactics, Paul. I, I, I've been looking at the way Palace play, and I, you know, it's probably not the thing you want to talk about, to be honest. But mm. I, 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 got, I think the, the sort of system you, you say could work. Would you play Mendes on the right then? The only reason I would play Mendes on the right is because Peltier doesn't get forward and there will come a point where you need some width to stretch, yeah. right? And that's more likely to come but from Joe Bennett than yeah. it is from, from Peltier. Because you look at that back four that Palace have got, you've got like Wan-Bissaka on the right, who's... Good player. Good. Probably, yeah, I thought Cardiff should have signed. He's one of the players of the season. You look at yeah. the way Everton played last week, yeah. they tried everything down the left with Richardson, yeah. Bernard, and they didn't get anything out of him. Mm. And what's the rest of the back four? Then you got some you either got like Tompkins or yeah. Kelly, yeah. Uh, Scott Dan, and then you got Patrick Van Armholt, who defensively is, See, is, is slack. He's dodgy. Yeah. And you've got, you've got like, Ke- Kelly can get done for pace. Yeah. So, so I, I think if you sort of way on the right hand side yeah, yeah. yeah you're way on the right yeah. hand side with Mendes take advantage of their left and then you say mm. you, you, Ken can drift left mm-hmm. and go airily Spin on one, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. airily on one because that's yeah. the one way to get it in, yeah. is to go airily yeah. then you stretch the centre backs don't you and you've got an outlook with Mendes lying over the top you start winning aerial balls you can you can get people like Camaras or Bobby Reed in those little pockets of space around the centre backs and then you've got two other midfielders to sort of cut the passing lane because Palace played really narrow in midfield. They have they? to. Because they rely on their full-backs. They have to. I've got to emphasise, I don't think any of this will happen, by the way. Oh, no. I think I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Nias up top with Ward pushed yeah. wide and maybe Mendes on the other, but possibly Hoyler. I, I don't think, I don't know this will happen. No, I don't know. Uh, and going back to Saturday for the last time, <laughs> it was like we playing with a back six. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. basically what we have done because yeah. our full backs were tucked so far in they didn't even come outside the width of the eight yeah. yard box yeah. because you had Hoylet on one side and Mendes on the other side, right, right. And I'm like. They didn't take advantage. Their fullbacks didn't take advantage. And attacking fullbacks, two attacking fullbacks on Saturday, Cardiff would have got destroyed. Yeah. Right? But their fullbacks weren't good enough overlapping or getting enough crosses in this, this for is... Mitrovic, who i never seen attack the ball going into the 8 yeah. box. I think once. I think he had the chance outside the box where it's broke to him and he's hit the like that shot. But never seen him attack that space of the 8 yard box once. So... You know, it wasn't like, as I'm saying, Fulham, they, they, they enacted part of a plan because the, the three boys rotating behind Mitrovic, Sessegnon basically stayed one side, Kearney come deep a bit, and then Babel was the one who'd done the most of the movement and rotating. But 
if they had had fullbacks who wanted to get forward and cross the ball, they would have just had chance after chance after chance. And, 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 and this is the last thing I'm going to say. No, I'm not going to say nothing about Fulham. Right? No. Is that I get those tactics, right, in the Premier League, right? You, have, you to be fair to Warnock, you've talked up the, the incredible work ethic of the wide players, particularly Mendes and Hoyler, time and time again. Always, yeah. And it's been necessary in yeah. the Premier League. Yeah. Not for this game. This yeah. game, it needed to be an offensive approach to yeah. win a game that had to be won. That's my yeah. point. Let's move on from Fulham. It's gone. Yeah. So we'll take a quick break. It's and gone and I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah, we'll take a quick break and we'll be back with uh, Ask Blakey. Subscribe to The Boot Room on iTunes or listen on walesonline.co.uk. Welcome back. It's time for Ash Blakey. He hasn't he hasn't bolted just yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's let's get straight into it. Let's um, do it. First question comes from Wayne Davis. All right, Wayne, how you doing, mate? Right. Is is the question? Right. I love Neil, but he refuses to change way too late into games. Can you explain why you pick Healy before Reed? I suppose we can just sort of amend that. Just. His, his I asked Rob Phillips to ask him that question on Saturday. I actually said it in commentary. Because that, that was like the biggest surprise for me, for me this season. Right? And that was a question. And the, question, the, the answer was, Murphy didn't train well. Okay. So. What's that got to do with it? Well, it's, it has got something to do with it. But I'm like, well, just because you say it, don't make it true. Right, I don't know. Is the truth, Wayne? And as you heard from the first twenty minutes, half hour, it's nothing to do with Reese. It's not his fault. If it was me, I was Reese. I'm gonna go on and try and get a goal myself. Yeah, and try and claim a bit of hero status. Absolutely. But my opinion, Nathan's opinion, I think if you give me those two players, Reed and Healy, Reed, Healy, and Ward. Who am I going to put on first against that defence? It's Reed, all day, twice on Sundays. Simple as that. So Wayne, yeah, I totally agree with what you said. You have to ask that question, but it's for the press boys to ask that question and drill down on it because it, it doesn't make doesn't make any sort of sense to me. I was shocked when I seen him coming on. I was like. Okay, you know, he's not played for ages. Match fitness isn't going to be up. Okay, and he was he was blowing after ten minutes trying to get a second win, which is understandable. But he just it it, it wasn't he, he wasn't effective. You know what I mean? And this is the time where, like I said, you know Reed is going to impact the game. You know Harris is going to impact the game. Why? Because they got so much pace. Pace destroys people. The last thing you want to see if you're looking over to the sidelines is a quick player coming on. That's the last thing you want to see, especially if you're a defender. So, Wayne, I'm with you 100%, and I can't tell you why, I'm afraid. There's only one or two people who can answer that question, and that would be those who are at Cardiff City. Right, there we go. Uh, next one is from Phil Weston. All right, Phil. Uh, Blakey, give us some tales from the Eddie made years to cheer us all. <laughs> 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 Uh, well, that's just. I mean, I'm just. I'll have to switch my brain out. Be like, where's the garbage? You change my head just before your time, Ben. Those those, those people who are my age and older. Paul, no, he sat there like you don't know who where's the garbage is. He knows who he is. Um, I uh, tales. I I can't think of anything right now because I've just been having a rant about Saturday's performance. So. Um, uh, Tales from Eddie May days. So, uh, I'll give you a tale when Phil Stanton uh, first signed uh, and we used to train over Dog Poo Park. Someone told me it's called, what's it called, Jubilee, Jubilee Park? Park? Yeah, someone said to me yesterday, oh yeah, you used to train at Jubilee Park, didn't you? And I was like, where's that? And they were like, opposite the stadium. And I was like, I don't know that place. We used to train at Dog Poo Park. And he's like, oh, that's, that must be the same place. 
I was yeah. like, oh, right. I never, to this day, never knew it was called Jubilee Park. I think Phil, I think Phil Neal christened it, the other one, when he was manager. Yeah, yeah. So, like, well, then the ball had rolled into thoughts. some dog poo when we were doing crossing and finishing. And I knew Stan, he loved to head the ball. So, <laughs> being troublesome as I was as a 19-year-old kid, 20-year-old kid, I kind of said, Stan, yeah, put me in fear. Diving header. I, I like whipped it so it, it just dropped in front and he diving header and he went and yeah the rest I'm sure you can use your imagination so there's one for you to cheer you up there we go alright what, 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 right, Phil what's his name again who asked Phil uh, Phil yeah Phil West so Phil yeah, it's Phil not, I, I can tell you a story it's not um, is it's it the not, one where I went home no 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 oh. it's not no, I'm not I was going to say that's Len Asher's it's, not, it's not an actual um inside track of the dressing and such but after the game you know today today after the game managers have they'll, they'll do sky and match of the day and then they've got these media officers who sort of you know you know allow you only a certain number of questions and, and that's it then they bolt and that that's that's the way it works they'll sometimes stop and do a separate huddle for the for the monday morning newspapers yeah eddie wasn't like that right eddie would grab the local journalists and I, and I would, you know, after a game, oh, there, there, there was myself, Rob Phillips and Carl Woodward, and we would sit in his tiny office under the stairs at Ninian Park. He'd have a fag in his hand, That's right, yeah. a bottle of, he'd have a scotch, I think it was there yeah, as whiskey, well. Yeah, yeah. And he would just shoot the breeze and tell you everything, you know, everything that had gone on that game. He was absolutely old school was gold, that's keeping funny. the media the local media on side because he knew that that was the way to tap into the mm. Cardiff City fan base um, he was the absolute absolute archetypal opposite of mm. the modern day manager if you like although Neil Warnock is quite old school as well I mm. think he's great as well in terms of getting the message across to the to the people uh, Cardiff are lucky to have, to have had the two of them but um, I've just got images now of Eddie sat there slumped back in his chair after a a win or whatever, and having a right go at the Italian, nice. you know, yeah, with his that that's what he's calling me, you know. Nice, what nice. a great, what a great guy. I can tell you a story a when I stopped guy. Damon Saw beating up uh, Rob Phillips for giving him twos all the time and turning the fans against him. That was a good, that was a good story. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, uh, next question is from Ash Price. Uh, would Blakey, go for Joe Ledley in the summer. Yeah. Joe Ledley, oh god, you threw me there. <laughs> yeah, um, if you can hear, if you can hear rustling, it's just Santa's just come down the chimney. Oh no, it's Paul. <laughs> no, uh, Joe Ledley. I I don't even know where Joe is at the moment. He's without a club, isn't he? Um, just just you. Doing interviews at the minute, isn't he? Wait, of, wasn't we, he at Derby? Yeah. Wasn't we, he at Derby last yeah, club? We, we've just published an interview with him. He, he, he doesn't have a club at the moment. He left Derby in January. Okay. Uh, I don't know, mate. I'm not, like I've said to you before, I don't do the... Um, sentimental. The sentimental thing, right? I would have to... I, I'd bring him in on trial, for sure. I'd, I'd let him, you know, he's done enough for the club to, to warrant that as a, as a player. So... I let him come and train pre-season, definitely, and, and take a look at him if he wanted to come. If he was without a club, I'd say, yeah, come on down, pre-season, spend pre-season with us, and I'll have a look at you. But there'd be no more promise than that. And if I felt he was still could do a job for me and was, you know, still had that bit of dynamism, he's not quick, but he does a lot of unseen good work, Joe does. Right? That's what has always been the secret, the key for me. What you don't see... Joe does a lot of good work, you know. He's like a Joe Allen, you know. You don't see, well, you see him because he's a scurrier yeah. and he's got that hair swishing around. But you know, Led's not so much, but still so important. Um, but he's of an age now where you have to say, right, you're on the way down, you're not on the way up. So coming in, you great servant of this club. Would never disrespect you and say, no, 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 not for me. I'd always want to have a look at you. Even if you're two years older, I'd still tell you to come in and have a look at you. If you can do a job for me, I'll take you. But if you can't, I'll say all the best and 
on you go. We've um, we've spoken to Joe for an article that's gone on Wales Online on Wednesday lunchtime, but we've also spoken to him about an article which I think you've contributed towards as well, Blakey, the, the 10-year anniversary of Ninian Park closing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, which, again, yesterday. is to go on yeah. Wales Online and in the South Wales Echo shortly. Yeah. But um, we've spoken to Blakey, a number of fans, about their special memories of this iconic ground. And also... Uh, Joe was the last Joe captain's card. I didn't realise this, but he actually captain's card. I think the last game there in two thousand and nine or eight, whenever that was. So mm. um, lovely piece to be, you know. Do he, miss it. He man. like you is absolutely raving about the place. You yeah, know, the, I miss it. The incredible sort of memories. Do you know when you miss that. someone and you think I just stop think, try and stop thinking about it, and you know, but it's hard because I said yesterday, you know, when you. When you're doing the press, you're coming at the back of Cardiff City, so you have to drive, and it's practically opposite yeah. Ninian Park where the houses are, and it's just like I would have loved to see that redeveloped. Uh, I, I, and I said I don't know why it wasn't redeveloped. There might have been a perfectly good reason, but I would have loved to see Ninian redeveloped into what the new stadium is today. Uh, just you know, I think history is, as you know, when we went through all the debacle of the red and the badge change and all. I think your history is 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 vital to be honest with you definitely definitely um, one more question this one comes from forgive the pronunciation here David Cugini David spell it then C-U-G-I-N C-U-G did you say C-U-G-I-N-I you're making me think that Blakey you're worrying me is that Coine would that be Cugini okay it's that's not an Italian name. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I guess, I guess it is. Um, when we go down, as re- not, re- yeah. realistically, I don't see us getting any more points. Yeah, who's it from, mate? Who's it from? Uh, do we roll with Warnock next season? Is this David, yeah? Yeah, this is David, yeah. Uh, well, people have posed this question to me, and there's like a 50-50 split. There's some say he's the best man to bring you back up. And there's people who say, well, you know, and uh, I'll move on. Personally, uh, the, my dilemma is I don't think the hierarchy at the club have enough knowledge of football to make good footballing decisions, right? Which then leaves me with, well, leave Neil in place because he can do a job in getting you out of the championship. But... I don't think there's going to be a lot of room for the way we currently play. I don't think that is going to, in the next year or two, I think that will definitely become a thing of the past. I can't see anyone getting out of the championship playing that way. I think we were probably the last of the Mohicans, to be honest with you. I think if you look at Norwich, I think if you look at Sheffield United, I think if you look at Derby, I think if you look at Notts Forest, I think if you look at Aston Villa, I think you look at all those clubs in that top 10, 12, 14, you know, Brentford, teams like that, Preston, they all play a brand of football now, which is is different to how we play. And I'm not saying you have to be the same. I'm saying what you do, you adopt that style of play and do it better. Simple as that. Just do it better than everybody else, like Wolves did. Just do it better than everybody else, like Norwich did this season. Leeds were on it for a while come off but you know I think when we got promoted we went I I fancied us to go to Wolves and get a result if you remember Paul at the time when Wolves were flying because I didn't think Wolves their players a lot of them were foreign I didn't think they would have come up against a team like Cardiff they were playing teams who play similar ways to them well they play a lot of counter-attack but football through the lines so I just think now I, I, I think that's that's not going to be enough I don't think to just be big and powerful and I think more and more teams are looking at like the Manchester Cities now and saying well no you don't need big strong guys what you need is footballers and what you need is pace those are the two things that kill any strength you know nine times out of ten you might get one out of ten you'll win but nine times out of ten the footballer and the pace will beat the big brute, you know, get up and at them sort of style. So, me, I would, like I said, it's a dilemma because 
I think if Neil goes, then you're asking the hierarchy at Cardiff to put in place something which they should be confident about and they should should have enough of an understanding, but I f I, my fear is they don't, for you know the club to move forward because I, I think it, it needs to move on to another stage. You know, and I think if you if you did stick with Neil for next season, then I've said I said last week on air. You know, you need a succession plan for what comes next, who comes next, and you have to have an idea of you know the way the philosophy is at our club. You have to understand the fans. You know, they they're the one constant. You have to understand your fans, what they want to see. Will they sit and watch you play like Arsenal play? pass, 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 but no they won't they want to see pass and into the 18 yard box, you know they want to see football but they want to see tempo, they, it is very that's when the, even Pep Guardiola realised in his first season right, I need to win, this game in this country is about second balls I can keep the ball all I like, but as soon as I go forward and lose it, I'm, my boys ain't there for the knockdown to then go and start and keep them applying pressure so tactically you need players who can go and you need the coach team to go and win the second ball. Then you can really control yeah. the game. And that's where I think Cardiff have fallen down this season because even on the weekend, I think they only had 30% possession and that has been a problem all season. So in answer to David's question, I'm sat right on the fence, mate, to be honest with you. And I don't sit on the fence, as you know, but there's a dilemma. And... <sighs> I, I get asked this question a lot, Ben. I've been asked it quite a lot recently. And I'm glad Blakey said that because my answer is I genuinely see both sides of the argument. Yeah. And I think the fact that, that Warnock... For me, Warnock has got an awful lot of uh, latitude from me and, and the fans generally, I think, because of, you know, he's... It's more than just getting card up. He's reunited the fan base, which was the most important thing for all of us. Um, but then when I hear Blakey say things like, and, and also I've got my doubts about who would replace him, you know, the last one is another Paul Trollope. I think privately one or two at Cardiff might have set their sights on this Chris Wilder at Sheffield United, but that's gone now because they've been promoted. Um, when I hear Blakey say that Cardiff's style of play is going to become obsolete in the Championship soon, that, that's a bit of a worry because, you know, as he cites all those teams in Brentford, Swansea, two more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's literally the whole league. You know, I think back to Aaron Gunnison's long throws in the Premier League, and I'm not sure there's been a single goal come off them. Mm. And, you know, it's almost like teams. City fans, do you want me to give you a name? And there is, I'll be honest with you, there's a slight bias because he's a good friend of mine. I would stick with Warnock, by the way, personally. I think he's perfect for this football club. I, I don't see. I think he is good for this football club, but I think the problem you have, the dilemma you have, is if he stays, whether you stay in the championship or you get promoted, you have to follow it. Yeah. yeah. So to me, you take, the, you take the problem out sooner rather than later. I think you give someone the opportunity to develop that club in the championship the way his team wants to play the way he wants to play and then move on to the Premier League in a not a, in a in a in a more offensive fashion then yeah so that you stand a better chance because people are saying Sheffield United stand a good chance to stay in the Premier League because of the way they play and they play forward you know they got centre backs crossing the ball whether it works or not we will see but you know, that is the way the game's going. But Cardiff fans will all remember Eddie Newton. I know Eddie, I speak to Eddie from time to time. I know he would love a job. I know as far as coaches go, Eddie's still the only British coach with a Champions League trophy. He's coached at League Two level, League One level, Championship level, Premier League level. And people said to me, oh yeah, someone said to me, oh yeah, but didn't, didn't um, West Brom get relegated? Yeah, Brendan Rodgers like, had a nightmare at Watford and Reading and, you know, what, what's your point? You know, you're not successful all the time, you're not successful first time out. But if you wanted a, a, a person who's within a club structure is arguably 
been one of the top five clubs in Europe for the last decade. Scored goals in cup finals, scored, played in European finals. So he's got that experience, you know, been a number two. And in fairness, since him and Robbie DiMatteo split up, Robbie DiMatteo has never been successful as a manager. So that counts for a lot. I think you really have to do your due diligence. And if I was appointing someone, I would probably look at someone like Eddie Newton. I would probably look at him and go, do you know what? Yeah, you want to be a number one. Speak to people at Chelsea. What's his coaching tactic like? Speak to players at Chelsea. And I mean like your David Luizes and what have you. They'll tell you the quality of his coaching. He's the head man when it comes to coaching at that club. Outside of Sari and, and his, his crew. So for me, great affiliation with the fans. That's really important. Fans are giving latitude, like Paul said, because he's an ex player and done well so someone like that I would throw in but I know he's going to be able to elevate the way you play into that Premier League style quicker than a lot of other people and you don't do it overnight you don't make the mistake that Fulham made just bringing a hat full of players but it's a gradual because when you get to the Premier League you want to get there stay there and become an established Premier League club and I think someone like him you could you know, you seriously look at because I'm telling you, if he does get a job somewhere, wherever he does get, you'll then be coming to me and going, remember when you said that, Blakes? Remember when you said that? I had it on with Rob Phillips about Marco Silva. And they were asking like a Swansea manager and I said him at the time, Marco Silva, if you looked at his record, it was brilliant. And yeah, now where is he? Everton doing well in the Premier League. So do you do diligence? They're out there. Don't go for the obvious. Simple as that. There we go. Uh, that's, uh, I guess, all the questions for now. Uh, Thank we'll you. have another quick break and then we'll be back with some footy five. Right, we're back Two. with some footy five. Sorry? Yeah, okay. Um, this is uh, obviously the, you, you, the listener's chance uh, to, to win yourself 25,000 pounds. 25, lads, cheer me up. Come on. Fingers crossed, Blakey. Fingers crossed. Here we go. Right, let's uh, let's get into these predictions. Right. Wait, there, wait, there. Did I win twenty five lads from last week? You'd have to take that report. Paul, <laughs> you got my money. That's my knowledge. Okay. I see you got your pad and pen, but you ain't got my dough. <laughs> What's going on? It's 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 piling up this debt, isn't it? <laughs> Man, it's about seventy five like lads back, now. Back, back dated, isn't yeah. it? Like the start of the yeah. season. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, first one is Bournemouth against Tottenham. Bournemouth against Tottenham. Uh, 3-2 Bournemouth. Yeah, okay. Uh, West Ham against Southampton. Uh, 2-2. What else we got? We got Wolves against Fulham. Uh, 3-0. 3 0. For, uh, Wolves, sorry. Cardiff against Crystal Palace. Do that one last. What's the other one? Oh, see. <laughs> <laughs> you can see the frustration and anger in your eyes there, Blake. Uh, Newcastle uh, against Liverpool. Uh, fans are going to be. I think something's got given this, isn't it? So I'm going to go 1 1. Could be uh, Rafa's last game at St James's Park. That one. Mm. Against Liverpool as well. Yeah. You know, like stop them winning the title or something like that. I think that's how it's going to. I've been waiting for that. Something to jump out. I think yeah. that's the one. Rafa, former Liverpool, is going to stop his old club winning the title. There we go. Oh, great scenes if that happens. Um, so, yeah, Cardiff, Crystal Palace. Pardon? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cardiff, Crystal Palace. I don't think it'll be a subdued atmosphere. I don't think it'll be as heightened as what it would have been had we won. Um, I don't know. Uh, out of Crystal Palace. I'm going to sit on the fence. Uh, 2-2. Uh, we'll get your prediction as well on that one, Paul. I, I 
I've thought all along this is a shoe-in 1-0 Cardiff win, but I, I'm beginning to think like Blake, there might be goals in this now. Um, Palace love a penalty, by the way. I've never known a team to have. Well, they had about 15 penalties this year. Did they get their top score? That's, um, yeah. 10 penalties. I'm not Yeah. Go on, Paul. Put me out of my misery. Hard, isn't it? Just don't know what is going to turn up to you. Don't like it would have been easy to read the atmosphere and everything, wouldn't it? That's what I'm saying. It's hard to see the whole nil. situation, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's still on, Blakey. It's still on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> you, well, see now you're exactly the same as me. You're in exactly the know. same place. I, I don't you, know. It's almost like. I don't really want to look at it. I I, I can't predict because I really do not know. No, I just don't know. I really do not know. Yeah. What do I say? 2-2. 2-2, two, two. Two, two, yeah. Yeah, I'll do. I'll do me. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Hello. You, Ben? 1-1. One, one. I think if, if Palace scores, it's just... It'll kill Cardiff. It'll Cardiff just... have to score first. Yeah. All right? And then the fans will drive them on to uh, possibly a win. Yeah, but if Palace score first, just, like, just, just sucks. I sucks think the best Cardiff can get a point out of the game if Palace score first. Yeah. I can't see him coming back and winning. But hey, stranger things have happened. Fingers crossed, toes crossed, eyes crossed. There we go, and that's that's it for quite a sort of cathartic sort of Blakey's uh, yeah. <laughs> booms. Yeah, well, it's been wonderful. It's been a, you know, almost, it was just a, 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 it's just been there was a disappointing end to what was a big build up and. You know, I think uh, most people thought we'd be in a slightly different position. Uh, and like I said, it's not biased, me being biased. I just generally thought we'd be in a, a position still to be able to strike. And we kind of are, but, you know, it's like uh, that sun is just, that moon is just passing in front of the sun and it's just yeah. almost <laughs> eclipsed, almost, it's almost there. But. Indeed it is, it's uh, Cardiff is still alive, it's, uh, it's very slim but you can catch all the build up and all the action from uh, the Crystal Palace game uh, on Wales Online.